welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. I'm your host Shola. Welcome on board. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, today's episode is titled Peace of God or the Peace of God I would say. And um, this is one of those recordings where it's not about a musing from the past. It's actually a, a very, it's about a musing for, for today. I've always said that this podcast are documentations or recordings of my conversations with the Lord. Yeah, so today this is a very much, it's an ongoing, <laughs> fresh new conversation and I'm just trusting that God will bring it out in a way that will be, you know, meaningful, impactful for me as well as for everyone else that is listening and needs to hear this as well in Jesus' name. So thank you for coming on this journey with me um, today. So the headline scripture for today um, is um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. And it starts off by saying, Be careful for nothing, that means don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So that's, you know, telling us that instead of just moaning about and feeling bad about things, but, you know, actually sit down and ask God, let him know what's going on and what you'd like him to do. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So let's keep that in. I mean, that's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's take that again. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, in other words, you can't explain it, it's unfathomable, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it says the peace of God. And usually when the Bible says something like that, it may look careless. It says peace of God. So that is so, so there's a peace that is proprietary to God, as in it he has you he has a patent, he has a spiritual patent on it, as in anybody who is discerning when you see it, you can say, Ah, this is the peace of God. Okay, so let's let's investigate into that. It describes it as a peace of God that passes all understanding. So okay, so it's a peace of God that doesn't make sense to the natural mind, you know, it's not something that makes so it's not logical. So very good, okay. That's good. So a peace of God which is illogical, it doesn't it may also be irrational, <laughs> it may be inexplainable. But it says one thing that it will do is that it will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So Christ will be involved somehow and that peace will happen in such a way that even though people cannot understand why the peace is there, but it will achieve or be able to or have the ability to keep your heart and your mind. Okay, so let's 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 move on and let's let's proceed along that line and see where it takes us. So another scripture we can also read, let's go to, to the book of Isaiah. This is in the Old Testament now. In the Old Testament, there was a lot of, um, rather in Isaiah, there was quite a lot of reference to peace. In fact, it was Isaiah that first talked about, prophesied the coming of the Messiah and referenced him as, you know, his name shall be counselor. He now talked about him being the prince of peace. So there's an element of that. You, you'll find a lot of the themes of peace coming up in Isaiah. But, um, so I'm, I'll just read chapter 26 verse 3 so that one so it starts like it says thou so it's speaking about god so it's thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee so okay so this is saying something about it's almost like a covenant god saying that he will keep that the person whose mind is focused on him and because he trusts in god then god will now on his own part keep that person in perfect peace so it's almost like 
there's a part that the person has to play first of all and then god then seals it by keeping that person imperfect so it says perfect what perfect means perfection without any flaw without any opening is complete it is total it is all consuming it is all encompassing it is sufficient there is no failure you know let's imagine peace is a sack or is a you know a cocoon that you are put inside so it's impenetrable nothing can get through it it is comforting it is sufficient for your situation for your needs you know for whatever it is that is coming against you so that's what he said he said that, that perfected peace that is sufficient for you to keep you to unhold you to make you to to thrive and survive against all odds that he will keep you us in that perfect peace but only if our mind is stayed on him and we also trust in him so it's almost like you know there is a reciprocatory sort of um, relationship to that peace so that is also let's look at that maybe that's another extension of what the peace of god means let's go even further so in john 14 which is another scripture back to the new testament john 14 verse 27 this is jesus now talking so when he's talking to his disciples you know like in he had a lot of valedictory speeches that he did to all of them to prepare them because he knew what, what was ahead and you know and he just needed to leave those um notes with us and you know i also i think as every leader too even with your children and your you know in the office i think it's always good to have this sort of like valedictory notes where so that the voices you know people remember what you stood for and you know what you believed in even after you are not there it really does help a lot because you know people will you've worked ahead so that others may also learn from what you have learned as well so that's important but another digression but so going back to the scripture john 14 verse 27 it says peace i live with you my peace i give unto you not as the world gives give i unto you so this is jesus now explaining that look again that the peace may i will give you is my own peace it's a proprietary peace so he's telling them that I'll give peace, but that it's not like the one that the world gives. So there's a peace that the world gives. <laughs> so I think if so, what we then need to differentiate is what differentiates the what is the peace that the world gives and what differentiates the peace of God from the peace of the world. And of course, like I always say, when in doubt, go to the scripture because there's no point looking elsewhere. So if we go back to Isaiah again, chapter 32, verse 17, it says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. So this is uh, more or less, you know, the spirit of Lord saying that, you know, that the fruits of righteousness shall be peace. So peace can also be a fruit of the righteousness, which is the righteousness of God. And the effect of that righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. So again, this is also showing that the peace of God is one that brings quietness. It brings assurance forever. So eternal quietness, eternal assurance. Now, I'm beginning to see a trend here. I don't know if you, you are seeing that pattern and that trend as well. But I will nail it at some point. I will not say the trend that I'm saying for now and give us all the opportunity to begin to ruminate with it in our hearts and in our minds and see where it takes us. Perhaps we will all collectively arrive at the same point. But let's, let, let's, let's move on. Let's proceed and see how we move on that um, journey. Then in um, John 16, back to John again, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus, still on his valedictory messages to the um, disciples as he was living, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
So again, this is Jesus again saying that in, there is a peace that is in him. You know, so we read so many scriptures. It says, you know, we read the one that says, shall keep your minds, hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We see where Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. We've also seen the place where he says, God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. And we've, we also read Isaiah where he says, the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. So there's a peace of God that is proprietary to God, that passes all understanding, that keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, that is different from that which the world gives. It also gives quietness and assurance forever. Of course, you know that the peace of the world cannot give quietness and assurance forever. So that is one differentiation. And it says it passes all understanding. So the peace of the world does not pass, most likely does not pass all understanding. So let's look for a practical example of something that differentiates the peace of the world and the peace of God. And for that, we will go to the New Testament. Um, Mark 4, which is Mark chapter 4. And we see that whole scripture earlier on, it was with Jesus preaching about the parable of the sower. And then later on, I think they, they went out on a ship. He was, I think he was preaching before by the sea. They went out on a ship and he told her that there was this massive storm. When you get to verse 38, he begins to talk about that. Verse 37, actually. And there was a great storm. He says the wind, man, the wind was raging. And you know what it is when you're in a ship? If you've ever gone on a cruise and there's bad weather, man. <laughs> At that point, it's almost like when you're in a plane that there's bad weather. That's what you don't want to be us in the sea or in the air when there is a storm or very bad weather. And, you know, I think it's, it's probably worse on the ship, but it's also bad if you're in the air. So it was one of those very bad, turbulent weathers. And these people were in this ship. That They said the ship was full. So that means maybe they already carried overload. So, man, it was like hmm, quarter to capsizing. So, verse 37 says there was a great storm with wind and that the waves were raging by the, by the ship. So of course, you can imagine the, how what people already have said they play, you prayed all manner of prayers. Meanwhile, Jesus was sleeping on a pillow somewhere in the back of the ship. So I think the disciples were like, ah, where is the master? Please go and look for him. He's sleeping in this kind of storm. How can somebody be sleeping? I know there's some people who are still like that in the aircraft where you know there's massive turbulence, the whole plane is shaking, they are still sleeping. So verse 38 says, Master, they now went to him and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, this is an important question because it's a question that all of us have been asking God. I think even I myself, because of what I've been going through recently, major, major challenges in terms of, you know, my child and healthcare and all that, and, you know, health um, challenges, even though I haven't said it to him, you know, physically, in my heart, it's almost like, ah, God, can't you see what is going on? Really, you know, and that's really what they came to him. I mean, they were very blunt about it. Master, Keres, don't you care? That, uh-uh, you are here and all this is going on. See, are you not seeing? And he was like he was sleeping. Actually, and that's how many of us feel. Sometimes it's actually like, God, why are you quiet? There is problem. You are here. See, see what is happening to me. See what is happening to your children. This is not how me and you decided to do this thing. God, please wake up. Which is exactly what the disciples went to do. So in verse 39, Jesus now got up. Because he said, he has also told you that be careful for nothing with everything. Come and ask me what you need. So then since they went, he got up, he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the Bible recalls that the wind ceased and there was great calm. And then he turned back to the disciples and he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Of course, the disciples had no answer for him. And I believe that that is what God is asking me to right now. He's saying, Shola, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You've seen me do so many things in your life. Why is this one different? Why is the region of the storm and the region of the seas, of the waves, why is it so, why, why does that fear you? Why do you have more fear for that, that faith in me? 
And that's what he said. He said, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? So definitely, when we are in a fearful situation, it is zero faith. And the Bible says that anybody that without faith is impossible to please God, that he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently please him. So without faith, we cannot even get anything from him. So this then brings me to realize that the peace of God is such that gives calmness in the midst of a storm, like Jesus had. It's, it's such that gives us the faith and the courage to rebuke the wind and calm the sea when we need to, in those situations when the storms of life are raging against us. And when Jesus says, I leave you with my peace, not as the world gives. Yes, because the peace that Jesus gives is peace from within. The peace of God is not dependent on what is going on externally. And God has already told us that in this world we have tribulation. But the peace of the world, the peace that most of us seek, in fact, I just realized that the peace that I've been seeking, I've been thinking that God's peace, the peace of God will bring about peace in the situations in my life, not necessarily, not immediately. Because peace has to start from within. It is only when God has, we have received that peace of God from within that you can then tear it up in such a way that it gives you the calmness within the stone to see what you need to do, the wisdom to address the situation, and the faith and the courage to rebuke what needs to be rebuked and calm what needs to be calmed. So long as there's turmoil inside of you, inside of me, we will not access or receive the peace of God. The peace of God passes all understanding. It is only when it has passed all understanding within me that is when I will have the ability and that is when God will be able to keep my heart and mind and cause everything around me to truly become peace to receive that peace and be still so i pray to my lord and master right now that father give me the calmness i need your peace give me your calmness in the midst of the storm and the faith and the courage that i need and the wisdom at this time to not just only believe upon you to hold fast to receive that peace to know that father lord it is you that keeps me, that keeps all that concerns me, that I may eventually have the courage and the faith and the strength to rebuke the wind and calm the sea, that I will live right now in furtherance of that which you will have me with the strength and courage and the peace that comes only from within.